Did you know that 97% of women don't get enough vitamin D from their diet? Yes, facts. That's where today's partner, Ritual, comes in. Spring in Chicago can be cold and cloudy, and I haven't seen the sun for a few weeks. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. It's a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking your multis actually enjoyable. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Visit ritual.com slash sober mom for 25% off. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I love to work out and do yoga. With that, though, come sore muscles and some aches and pains. That's why I'm excited to partner with Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA, is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains, and it's also great for sleep and anxiety. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. Tanasi is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne, of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. You guys, when you're listening to this, I am at Disney World. Oh my God, please send uh, all the good vibes my way. Who knows what I'm doing right now? Am I like riding the teacups or am I crying in my coffee? Uh, Both? I don't know. Okay, I need a better attitude about this. It's the happiest place on earth. So I am having so much fun at Disneyland. I'm excited about today's episode. I have Jenna DeLulio. She and I connected on Instagram, I think probably maybe a year ago. Go follow her. We're going to link everything in the show notes. She is a new mom, but she got sober before she became a mom. But that didn't stop her from calling out mommy wine culture because she grew up with a dad who drank. And so she was coming at mommy wine culture from the kids' perspective, which I think is really interesting. We talk about the first year of sobriety and what we wish we knew. We talk about social life in sobriety. We talk about mommy wine culture and everything that goes into it and what's wrong with it. She gives a lot of tips and inspo, and you will just love her. Before we get to that, make sure that you're following me on my kind of suite. That's where I share my full sober life. Also, please, if you like the podcast, rate and review it. It helps us. It helps us get in front of more moms and help more moms discover freedom from moderation and alcohol and everything that goes with it. Don't forget, you guys, you've been asking for it. You have been loving mocktails and everything that I share on Instagram. So I have 21 of my favorite mocktails all in one place in this gorgeous, you guys, it is gorgeous mocktail ebook. It's called No Ethanol Needed Mocktails. And you can purchase it for $10 at the link in the show notes. I will link it there. 
We have so much going on. We're rocking and rolling into the 2024. And that sounds really corny, but hey, I don't care because it's true. Okay, everybody, enjoy this episode with Jenna. Jenna, welcome to the Sober Mom Life. Thank you. It's This is officially, I think, my first sober mom like podcast because before I just was like the so your sober bestie totally because you're like a newer mom mm-hmm. and you stopped drinking before you had kids okay so I want to hear your story and I want to hear all about like motherhood and everything like that but let's talk yeah. about alcohol and that nasty bitch first yeah it's so crazy because I feel like obviously my recovery is like always a part of my life especially I feel like in motherhood now, I can see why big alcohol targets mothers. Like uh, most of the time it's like bliss and you're so happy. But then there are moments when you're like, oh my gosh. Yes. Especially with that first baby mm-hmm. too. Like I always want to just give so much love to new moms mm-hmm. in that first baby because like it rocks your world. It rocked mine. It's not even the baby – Like, obviously, it's, like, such a shift in your world. But then it's, like, you've got hormones. You've got, like, all these, like, new emotions. And, yeah, I think it's just such an easy target for them. So, yeah, I am a new mom. I got sober, though, in 2017. So I was in my mid-30s and, like, at the time, like, I felt like I knew that something was just off. Like, I wasn't, like, happy or anything. But I think, like, our generation is, like, all social situations and everything is, like, wrapped around this one thing. Yeah. And I didn't see an issue with it. Now, I have, like, a history of addiction in my family. My dad suffered from alcoholism my whole entire life. My brother deals with addiction issues. And so – it wasn't like it wasn't familiar to me and it wasn't like I didn't have a place where I was coming from. <laughs> like it right. was – it ran deep, um, especially on my dad's side. And so in my 30s, it was just like I could see things getting like worse and worse and worse. And I was around my dad this like this one week my parents came to visit us in Virginia. And when my dad came to visit, we drank together like the whole week that he came to visit. And that was like my red flag because I saw so much of him and me that week. Mm. I had to look in the mirror and think like, what in the world is going on? I got into a fight with my mom that week and I ended up calling a therapist and scheduling an appointment to like just talk about addiction. And she was so on it. Like she asked me as soon as I was in there, she's like, how much do you drink? And it was the first time I was honest with someone. Like I had never been before. Yes. Which meant you were you were ready because that's so – that's mm-hmm. just so highlights that like even that you could see like in real time, you're like, oh, wow, I'm continuing this cycle. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm seeing how my dad acts. I'm seeing that in me. I'm doing that right now. And the fact that you could like see that. It was something that I was like, I'll never – like I had said to him, I will never be like you. Like I will yeah. never do the things that you do or say the things that you say. And then it was it was so far out of my control. Like it wasn't that I, I was in the driver's seat at all. So yeah, my therapist was so intuitive. She just asked me like how – much do you drink? And I never was honest. Like I would like go to the doctor, mm-hmm. right? Primary care. They'd be like, oh, yeah. do you drink? I don't occasionally. Or do you smoke occasionally? And like, like looking back, I can see the progression because I went from drinking, like binge drinking, like Fridays and Saturdays. That was like the acceptable thing. I call, I used to be a bartender, come from a bar life. Like, so yes. binge drink Friday, Saturday. And then it was like Friday, Saturday. Then it went to like Sunday. You'd have like you know, a little like day like during party. the day. Yeah. Day drinking. Yeah. And then any time that I had a day off, it was like, I knew that was going to be dedicated to drinking. And then it would like trickle and it started trickling into the week. So it was like, looking back, I can see the progression to where it was heading. And I flat out told her like, I drink like two bottles of wine on like Fridays and Saturdays typically. But then, you know, there are other days a week that I do too. And she was like, that is a lot 
for someone that's your size. I'm not tall. I'm five foot two. Yeah. And it was like a moment where I was like, crap. Like I said this to somebody else. Right. It's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Because my husband has known me, like we've been together for 12 years. So he had met me in the bar whenever I was a bartender. So this was like all he knew of me. It was so normalized to us. It wasn't something that like he thought was bad or different. Like it was just a part of like the way that we lived and what we did. And totally. And when your friends are all doing it too, Mm -hmm. and when you gravitate toward people who are going to drink like you, like then it's not crazy and you're not the only one. That doesn't mean it's healthy and it doesn't mean it's good, but still you don't feel alone in it. You feel like, well, this is just what we do. It's like a lifestyle. Yeah. It's what you do for fun. Like that's what I looked at. That's what I thought was fun. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I can't even imagine doing it, like being having a hangover. Yeah. So I'm always so interested in this moment when you decide to tell the truth. Because I think that that's when everything changes. And when you, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you decide to show up and be like, okay, I'm going to tell the truth. And it does – like was it a decision for you? Did you decide in that moment? It was like a while. Like it took like – after that, like I kept going back to therapy and we would revisit it. I would just every week keep drinking and go back and we'd talk through it. And I made I, – I could make it like – a week and then I would just be back right back to it. That's like so important though too for like every woman listening. It's like you, okay, so you decided to tell the truth. You're like when she asks how much I'm drinking, I'm going to tell her. I'm not mm-hmm. going to like bullshit it and be like, "Oh, it's not enough. It's not too much or whatever." You're still telling the truth. You're still drinking. Like it's not like a a flip goes off or a switch goes off that no. you're like, "No, I'm done," right? But like those are the building blocks and like your eyes are starting to open Oh yeah, and like you're starting to be like, okay, like that is all the stages of change thing that we always talk about on here. Like you can just so see the progression of that. It's so true. It's not like, like someone's like, oh, guess what? Like you have alcoholism and you're like, okay, done. Like that was easy. Finally figured that out. Right. Like it's like slow, right? The slow progression to get you into it is like a slow progression to get you out of it. But I just feel like, I don't know if I can go back to my first year in recovery again, like I just feel like it's such a special time. Like it was hard. Like it was freaking so hard. But that version of myself of like, I try to apply her to so many other things because she was so like, she's so strong. She was so resilient. She was so like goal focused on where she wanted to go. And that version has carried me like just to other places in my life. But you do, it's like you slowly just start to wake up to the idea and you like, you pick up new coping skills and, you know, you do things without alcohol and realize that it's possible to like have a really good time and you're not missing out. And it took like, I would say like about eight months after I had that appointment. And then I went out with girlfriends one night and we I got drunk at a bar. It wasn't anything like crazy because before, like in my addiction, I mean, I had gotten myself into some really bad situations where I was like drinking and driving and wrecked a car and like lost my job and lost my apartment. I had to move back in with my parents. Like I had some dark, deep, what you would consider rock bottom moments. But this wasn't one. Like we just went out to the bar and then I woke up in the morning. I had stayed at a friend's, drove back to my apartment, ran a 5K, which is like I used to do stuff like that and it's just so to me. Right? Like, like could you imagine no. that now? Like hung oh my God, that's like hell on earth, right? No. Not a 5K, but a hungover 5K. And it was like in November. So I was probably coughing oh. the whole time because like it was so cold. So I realized that I couldn't trust myself anymore. I think at that point, like I just was like, you failed me so many times. Like you've made this promise, you've broken this promise. And I asked my boyfriend at the time, my now husband, I just said, Hey, like, I need you to help hold me accountable to this. Like whenever I say that I'm not going to drink this weekend, I really need you to like hold me to that because he, I would just be like, you know what? I'm going to get a bottle of wine. He'd be like, okay, like we'll, we'll go ahead. 
because he just wanted to like make me happy is what he thought. Yeah. And I told my mom and my best friend too. So I told three people to like really hold me accountable and they did. My It was like probably two weeks later. I was in corporate sales, which is such a high stress job. Like it's so high stress. And I came home one day and I just said, I want a drink. And my, my husband was like, no, like you stay right here. I'm going to go get like something to eat. He brought my favorite sushi back and we watched like my favorite TV show. We watched sushi on the couch and that became like my new weekend like thing to look forward to is every Friday we were going to get good sushi, sit on the couch, watch a show. And that like replaced that habit of me. Yes. Because like Friday, even afternoon, I'd be like, Yeah. Well, and the habits are like, they're deep, right? Mm -hmm. They're in there. And sometimes you're drinking, you don't even want to. You're just doing it because that's what you do. And like, you don't know anything else. And so it sounds like it was so important that you didn't keep it inside, that you were like, okay, I know that I can't do this by myself, right? Like I need support in this. An accountability partner, like I think is amazing. And then yeah, to like fill in so that you're not just looking at your life in the absence of alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just like, oh, well, this is, you know, I've lost out on this privilege of drinking, which it's, P.S., it's not. Yeah, that's the way that you feel. You feel like when you don't, like, it's hard to believe in something that you've never experienced. And totally. I think, like, when you don't know how good it is without it, like, it's scary because you don't know what to expect. You think that, like, the good stuff is like where you are in the moment of like going out and looking for your next drink and looking for the next like party that you're going to go to. But on the other side, it's so much more fun. Oh my God, it's so much better. Well, first of all, I always thought sobriety was like either you go to AA and then it's horrible, right? It's just a struggle forever. You're like forever tied. And I didn't feel that tied to alcohol to begin with. So I didn't want to be even more tied to it in sobriety. Like that Uh felt weird to me. So it was either that or I thought that the people like I remember Brene Brown being like sobriety is my superpower and I literally was like oh that's so sad that she has to convince herself that like she's not missing out on anything (laughs) and I'm like oh you know Brene Brown was right who knew who knew she knew what she was talking about but yeah like (laughs) but you don't know and when you if you start drinking in your teens you know like chances are you like you've never experienced life without it. Like you forget the like simple joys like that you just get to experience. I remember the first time that we, we would always go to the park that like was near us every weekend. And my husband would run. I like my family does not run. My husband's family are, they're the runners. So that's why I got got pulled into that family. I know that's my family. That's my (laughs) husband got pulled in. My family is the runners. We're like the turkey trotters, even though I hate that phrase. I hate the word turkey trot. It's like the worst. But yes, that's us. Yeah. So we, so I got, I married into the very, Confusing last name and the, the turkey trotting. <laughs> I, so I would go with him to this park with a hangover every weekend. And I remember Ugh. sitting there just being like, oh, my God, everything was annoying. Everything got under my skin, like the sounds and like the sun would be so like it would be so hard on my headache. And I remember going there sober and being like, holy shit, this is a different experience. Like you get to like smell the grass and like feel the sun on your skin and hear the kids playing. Like it was such a different experience than I had whenever I had a hangover. Oh my God. I, I've never thought about this, but like you just painting this picture and like the idea of like when we're hungover, you know, our head is killing us and stuff like that. We just are like, ugh, the sun. Like we hate the sun. Like shut the blinds. Like this fucking sun in my eyes. And like how (laughs) glorious, you know, and I'm in Chicago and it's, you know, January. So it's fucking gloomy outside. I haven't seen the sun in like weeks, Mm -hmm. but like how glorious is the sun? And like to not want the sun, right? 
taste. Yeah, you don't want like any goodness. Like you don't want right. when you're hungover, you don't want no. anything fresh. You don't want anything. Totally. <laughs> yes. No action. Like no activity. No. Like no. Yes. No. Just in bed, fried food, <laughs> dead to the world. Yes. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> oh my god, that's such a great like before and after. Yeah, it was like. I mean, like I said, if I look back at that first year, you know, yeah. we took our first like sober vacation that year too. And it's so funny because we, we like look back and we compare, right? Like vacations even like uh, yeah. not too long ago, we were like, remember when we went to Colorado and it was our first sober vacation. And like, it was so different because you don't look at a vacation of like, okay, like, are we going to be able to get free drinks? Where are we going to be able to drink? Are we going to be able are there bars nearby? Like, that was the first vacation that we were like, okay, like we want to have like the best dinners every night. Like where are the good restaurants that we were going to make the best reservations at? We rode horses, we hiked, like we did everything that we could pack into a day to have such good experiences that were not based around alcohol at all. I know. Isn't that insane? And this is where it feels like a cult. Like alcohol feels mm-hmm. like a cult to me in that like when you're in it, yes, like everything is focused on that. Like literally like where's my next drink? Do they have alcohol? Like what are we going to – where are we going to be drinking? Swim mm-hmm. up bar, all of that stuff. And then when when you're like, oh, I'm not doing that and this world opens up and you're like, oh, holy shit. Like it's literally like you're just like numbed in a trance, just like focused on this one thing over and over and over and over and over and over. Oh, like yeah. Drinking the same thing, feeling like shit over and over. Like it's bananas. You, It's like you realize like the world that's out there. And then on this, in the same like sense, you realize like how freaking marketed we are. And so it's, you realize why so many people do have an issue and why it's so like blurring for people because they don't understand. Like, I think until you like really dig in and you look and you're like, okay, wait a minute. Like this isn't making sense. Like what is this shoved down our throats at like Yes. Like why is this the answer to literally every question? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. every single question, the answer we're taught is is alcohol. I think that that's why it is looked at as a privilege. It's like, well, no, you can't drink until you're 21. And then you Mm -hmm. like earn this, but like, oh man, I could, I could go on forever. Okay. So what that first year you think Mm -hmm. that that was like the hardest and like getting through the first and the first vacation. And then what happened? Like, did you kind of settle into it or how did it go? That first year, I feel like I was like rushing it almost. Like I was like, oh, I'm only four weeks over. Oh, I'm only three months sober. Like I wanted to get to a year so bad, but like the work that I did in that first year was like literally laying the foundation to like where I am now. And it was such an important year. Like it was just so, so much growth happened in that time. And I wish I didn't like try to rush it because I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm only like six months. Like I can't, I just want to be like a year sober. Like that would make any difference. And it doesn't like, it doesn't matter if you're like a couple hours or a day or two weeks or six months, like it doesn't matter. Like, or if you'd like, don't count your days at all. Like that doesn't matter either. It just was a cool year because I was so – I hadn't been proud of myself in so long. And it was like a year of me working through really hard things. It was a year of me building my confidence back up. And at the end of that year is whenever I started showing up on social media. And like that was like another way to just show like how much my confidence had grown because I just was like – at the time, right? Like no, not a ton of people were talking about it in like 2017, 2018. Now I feel like we are breaking away at a stigma. Like it's like we each play this like little tiny piece of a role to like, we're like yes. shifting a society. And that takes like a lot of people to do. Yeah. And it takes some time. And like mm-hmm. the fact that you started doing So you started your Instagram in like what, 2018? 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I started mine, I think, I mean, 2015, but I was still style motherhood. Like I didn't mm-hmm. stop drinking until 2020. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you were ahead of the curve in like 
What was your message right away? Was it like, okay, you guys, here's what sobriety can be? It was like very like slowly dipping my feet in the water first. Like at first I just was like, I remember the first thing that I said was I have, I made like a few health changes at the time. Okay. So I got sober in November and then for Christmas that year, I talk about like getting all of the hobbies. I made everybody blankets for Christmas. So I literally like- Wait, like quilt or like knit or like what? Yeah, it was like the what the like big yarn, like you know, like the big yes, chunky yes, yes, yarn. Yes, they're like Jenna's over. Should we? We're gonna get a blanket. <laughs> so granny on the floor of my living room, like knitting these blankets, yeah. and I. My husband was like gone for the weekend and I watched What the Health. Have you ever seen that? It was like okay, yes. jarring. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those will like ruin Rocked all my world. Yes. I was vegan yes. for like literally three years for that. Yeah. I just oh. – the only reason that I ate started eating chicken and like meat again is because when I got pregnant, that's the only thing that I craved in the weirdest way. Like, yeah, I did not eat anything until I got pregnant. And then yeah, pregnancy will do weird shit to you. So strange. So I had like given up like animal products. And I said another big change that I have made is I haven't drank alcohol in six months. And like, it was so subtle. It was something that like, I wasn't like, hey guys, I'm sober. Like it was just this subtle thing that I threw in there. And it was like overwhelming, like the people that like responded, whether they were like, hey, like my uncle doesn't drink or they knew somebody or they themselves were trying out or they had questions. And I just was like, wow, there's like a gap here. Like nobody's really like addressing this or talking about it. And so I just slowly started to share more. I showed like before and afters, like where my face was like all red and puffy. And then the after of like what I looked like, like my face had cleared up, like my skin looked better. My hair was healthier. Just sharing bits and people were so interested. And what like took my account like larger was in 2020 when Reels came out, I started talking about mommy wine culture. And it was such a lightning rod topic, I feel like, that no one was really addressing at the time. Yeah. And like so many people had an issue with it. (laughs) Wait, okay. What do you mean? So, I mean, for the, for, for, I mean, I'm a child of an alcoholic, right? Like my dad is sober now. My dad got sober two years after I got sober. Oh, that's great. But, you know, I was talking about it from that viewpoint of like, you know, this is like why this is so damaging. Okay. Did they have an issue with you talking about it because you weren't a mom? Because I'm not a mom. Because I wasn't a mom at the time. And so. People suck. (laughs) And it was like, it was like during, you know, like during the pandemic, it was wild. Like it was so wild, the things that were being shown and like normalized during that time. It just was like, it was breaking my heart to sit back. I remember like being like, this is my space. Like this is my world. And 2020 is whenever I went full time with like social media. And I'm like, this is like where I work. This is where like a lot of my friends are. And this is happening. Like it's not right for me to not say something about it. Good for you. We have to talk about it. And especially Mm -hmm. then in 2020, when we know now that more moms were drinking, more women were drinking Mm -hmm. more than ever, which of course, right? Because they're told that it helps and and everything that- And that it was just like a joke. Like it was like so funny, right? It was like, ha ha, it's hilarious. I hate that so much. I do my best to call out like all of like the Molly Sims and the like Molly Sims. Oh, the worst. There's like a part of me that feels bad, right? Because we only see the glimpses that she shows herself on social media. Like who knows? She could be suffering like behind the okay, lens and like here's what I think though. When it comes to her specifically. And I only know this from being an influencer. Like I've talked about before, I think I talked about like on last week's episode that I, you know, took a campaign for Kettle One Botanicals when they first came out in like 2017 or something. And, you know, I was like, okay, what's the pay? Okay, I can make it look cute and make it look glamorous up my pool, you know, okay. And then I did it. And then I dumped it down the sink because I just never drank vodka. I was more wine, right? Uh And so, like, 
I did it. This is not how I operate today. This was like very kind of wild, wild west (laughs) influencing days, but I did it, right? And then I didn't drink it, but you would never know that I wasn't drinking it by the things that I'm posting online, right? It's like the people in like alcohol commercials, right? Like they are not drinking alcohol because if they were drinking the alcohol like that, they would not look how they look, right? They would be inebriated and you would see it. So with Molly Sims, and she's, you know, like this model and like very healthy and everything, she is not drinking tequila for breakfast. Yeah. But her followers are. And she, it's like such a cheap, right? It's such a cheap yes. and easy, like. It's just trying to be like funny, relatable. Like, mm-hmm. hey, look at this. Like, isn't it funny that you guys think that this is orange juice, but I know it's tequila. And like my doctor told me to, whatever. All of this like cute, funny, and huge, you know, quotes. It's so fucking dangerous. And yeah. I always think just about like a stay-at-home mom in Iowa who's just like scrolling social media and who has no idea that like Molly Sims is a brand on Instagram, right? It's she's not like just letting you into her life because she just is nice and wants you to see it. No, like she has like metrics she has to meet. She has campaigns. She has all of these things that we all have if we make a living on social media. Mm-hmm. What is the goal? The goal is to reach as many as people possible. So you use trending audio. You look to see, you know, like what was my last post, what posted well, all of these metrics. And so that's what she's doing. But she is not, she is not drinking tequila for breakfast. Yeah. It's so reckless. I was on a podcast one time. It's um, a stepmother podcast. It's like a badass stepmother podcast. Yeah. Wait, is that Jamie somebody? Yes. Yes. Jamie Scrimger. Yes. Okay. So she invited me on because she had seen something that I had posted, probably one of my reels that went viral. Yeah. And she said for the longest time, like people would come to me because she would make these cheap jokes, she said, like on her page. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I would literally tell people off. Like I would be like, go, like you're a fucking stick in the mud, grow up. Like you don't even know what comedy is. Like loosen up. It's not that big of a deal. And she's like, and then I saw your reel and I was like, that's it. Like, that's the reason behind it. So she invited me on and we had like a really deep conversation about it. But I think it's like, right. Think about us like totally enamored in our addiction of like eyes shut. It's like how open are Molly's like. Is she aware? No. I feel like a couple of sober influencers have like, at least she's seen some things that they've said, right? Like Totally. Like I obviously don't follow her, but I get tagged and I get, you know, sent all of these things and I'll comment and I'll just, I'll share her and tag her on my stories all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've talked about around here. Yes. It's like completely dangerous and reckless. And like mm-hmm. there has to be, I mean, they have to be held accountable. And I don't mean like, you know, paying fines or anything like that. I mean that Instagram needs to start cracking down. You know how you can report posts if they like promote eating disorders or Mm -hmm, promote like mm -hmm. they're like I feel like this has to be next. Like, no, this is promoting dangerous drinking. Even Kate Upton just did one like the other week. And I only know this because literally people send me them to be like, I thought of you. When you're in that, like people will be like, look at this because because you become almost like a martyr. I remember when yeah. the whole thing with Chapacana happened with Gabrielle yes. Union and every – Molly was a part of that too, yes. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People were sending it and it was like within an hour I had something up of like me sipping uh, simply like underneath of my Christmas tree and like calling people out. But it's like you become like people know that you're like you yeah, you're will like say the something. warrior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, what are you going to do? And sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I'm tired. I don't want to do anything. And so I don't, you know, I don't take it all on because I'm yeah. like, you guys, I'll take on what I can. You have to have the bandwidth for it too, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be like, okay, I know that if I comment on a mommy wine culture reel, there was this one that was like, like, here are the tips to go out to dinner with your kids. Make sure they have screens or something. Drink so much that you forget you have kids. 
And like that was her t- – and I was like, are you – like – and then if you comment, people were going to be like, you have no sense of humor. Uh, don't you know that that's a joke? And I'm like, first of all, I'm very it's funny. It's not funny. So, like, no, it's I like am funny jokes. and that is not funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like those jokes are just so cheap and they're so like not funny. Like I just don't find the humor in it whatsoever. No, it's so not funny. And the thing is <sighs> – Yes, like the Kate Upton one when she's like pouring – I think she poured three White Claws in like a Stanley and was like, this is how moms deal with. And I'm like, hold on. Okay, hold on. Because in this like, you know, five-second clip, you are promoting hiding your drinking. You're promoting binge drinking and you're promoting drinking to cope with your children. Like – all of those three things, not only is it like fucked up and not funny, it is so dangerous because it's on the rise. And like mm. the thing about it is moms need help. They like need moms support. Need like actual help and support and things that will actually help make motherhood easier. Mm. All of that shit is not only going to make motherhood harder, but then you're going to be addicted too. Oh my gosh. The other day – so. I'm, my daughter's like teething right now. She's got molars coming Ugh, in. Yes. So she was like wanting to nurse all night and I slept maybe like an hour and a half and I Ugh. woke up and I truly felt like I had a hangover. Like yes. I was shaking. I was like so tired. I was hungry. I was craving carbs and I was like, I feel exactly like I did whenever I was hungover. Yeah. It's like – how do you expect someone to parent and cope through anything when they feel that way? Yeah, you can't. Like, it's so hard. It's so hard. But then the issue is that, like, you know, it's really, really hard for a mom to say, like, this is near impossible for me to nurse all night and then, like, wake up and be a human. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like shit and I can't, right? But we don't want to hear it right? Mm-hmm. We just want to say like, well, you chose this, which is fucking mind-blowing to me that because we chose to have kids, we can't have negative feelings. And so then it's just easier then to be like, okay, so I'm going to put my needs to the side. I'm going to quiet my my voice. I'm going to quiet my brain and I'm going to sip this alcohol because they told me it's going to help. And so you could so see the draw right? Like you could see why moms are doing well, how, it. Yeah, how much easier is that, right? Like how much easier, like you were talking about like a mom in Iowa that would see something like that right. to be like, wow, they might not even know the resources that are available. I even think I even think to like, you know, my parents, they had no resources like this. Like yes. they couldn't even listen to a podcast or like therapy was like, oh my gosh, like you're going to a shrink or to quit drinking. I know I have people from that generation that I know that are sober or and like it, they'll always be like, or I went to my husband's Christmas party one time and brought my own like drinks. Yeah. <laughs> His coworkers is like, my cousin is dry. She's been dry for 15 <laughs> Here, <laughs> I was like, that's so like cool. good to know. <laughs> that's hilarious. But like, it was like so taboo, right? Like, you would never yes. be like, oh, I have a therapist appointment. Like, my mom, like, would never say something like that. And so, you think about the support that we have now, but even that is like, there are still people out there that don't know like where to get it or they can't afford some of the care that they even need or the yeah. support that they need. But I also feel like if you're not on like sober TikTok, sober Instagram, like if your algorithm is like Molly Sims, Kate mm-hmm. Upton, like if it's feeding you that, like I didn't know about this whole other kind of like sobriety movement until I actually was like, oh, I'm done drinking. Let me just like go on this quest, right? Mm-hmm. And let me start digging. Like, And I was like, oh, holy shit. There's like this whole other world out here that I had no idea about. And it is like once you get plugged into that, then it opens up. But I think that many, many, I mean, millions of moms aren't plugged into that. No. And neither is their friend circle. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been to like different like speaking events and stuff. It's interesting hearing other people like when they see your your content and they see like what the your story and hearing their story of like 
how they got sober or what like hearing somebody else's sober story has done for them. Like you were talking about before, it was just AA. And that was like the only way that people had to like cope or to get through. And then you're, you're doing that forever where I still have women that I talk to that will be, they still are like sober, but they just follow me now. I'm a mom and they're moms and we're like doing the thing, but not drinking. And I think there is a part of like our society that even if you don't have an addiction, that's like refreshing too. Because I think what we were talking about before this like shift that we see happening, I truly think that like, I've been saying this for a while. It's like alcohol's in its cigarette like moment right now. It's like, yeah. this is its cigarette era. Like we're starting to see, people are finally starting to see, okay, this is like, because I remember getting sober and then being like, this is like, really bad for you actually like right. it's not just bad for me like it's really bad for everybody yes in like <laughs> any quantity none of it is additive like none of it is healthy there are like zero benefits this is where we always talk about like well what did you get from alcohol right mm-hmm. because like we're not insane and so when we were drinking like we got something and so we then had, what I, I had fun times with alcohol but yeah. i had really bad times with alcohol so too. bad like so, the worst times. so much yes and it's addictive right so we mm-hmm. always have to go back to that it's like well then why do i keep doing it well because it's addictive and the more you drink it the more you're going to want it until you need it and just like that's the whole goal of this podcast is just to show everybody the other side of it and that there's like that everything that I thought that alcohol was or that it could provide or that I could get from it, I have found in sobriety. Like, I, and tenfold, a thousandfold. Yeah. First of all, you find hobbies because before, like, my hobbies were like drinking. Yeah. They were like, what do you like doing? It's like, well, drinking. Like, how banana is that to think yeah. about, like, what what's your hobby? Literally drinking as, like, drinking. Like now, just drinking. <laughs> just drinking. And you're not thirsty. So you're just drinking. <laughs> it was like my life, everything revolved around it. And that's why I think it took me so long to quit too, because I would look and be like, okay, well, like I can't quit this week. It's like there's a bachelorette party coming up that I have. And then, like, well, Halloween's the weekend after that. And then my birthday. And then right after that's Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, then the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> So it was like there, there's always like this next thing that you had already built your whole entire life around this moment to binge drink. And when you let that go, it's so freeing. It's so liberating. And people like as much as people like I remember feeling so outcasted the first year. Like I remember feeling like, oh, like everybody's like looking at me and they're thinking like, oh, you're not drinking. But I really truly feel like that's a feeling that like I created within myself. I think people are like, how do you do it? Like, I don't have it in me. Like, and there are people that they just admire that because they don't even have an addiction. And they're like, I couldn't go without drinking. My my in-laws are in their 50s and they do dry January every single year. And yeah. every single year they get pressured by their friends to drink. Like and that's wild to me. It's wild. And also, if you can't go, you know, whatever, an amount of time without something, there is an addiction happening. Mm-hmm. I don't mean an addiction like, you know, Meg Ryan and When a Man Loves a Woman. I just mean like if you consume an addictive substance for long enough or on a consistent basis, there's an addiction happening, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so – yeah, and it's wild. Like like people's reactions to my sobriety or when I stopped drinking. I just posted that today. It's like that's I think one of the things that I wish I knew is that it's just all about them and their it's, relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think back to things I remember I had I've reached out to this guy since, but I sold uniforms before, like a company that did like a uniform rental where like we would like go and pick up the uniforms from like auto shops or, you know, plumbing companies, wash it and then return it for the next week. And a part of the sales position was like every once in a while you would go out and ride with the drivers to like visit customers and things. And I was riding with one of the drivers and he was so funny, like he's such a good person 
I said, oh, like, what are you doing this weekend? There was something that was going on. Like it was like the Super Bowl or something. And he's like, yeah, I'm going here, but like, I don't drink. And I remember like my brain nearly shooting out of my ears. Like I was like, you don't drink. Like what? My response was so inappropriate. And like, I have have since reached out to him. Because you couldn't imagine it, right? Like for you, like you were like, like, I'm not willing to look at that. And so when you were saying like, it had nothing to do with him and everything to do with me. Yes. I think that that is like so important to remember Mm -hmm. because in a society where everyone's obsessed with alcohol, it can feel like, you know, it could feel lonely. It could feel like you're judged. It could feel like you're on an island and and it really is. We're just all in our, in our own heads about it. Mm -hmm. How did your like social life change when you stopped drinking? I mean, I definitely lost some friends. And I think that's another thing that people get so afraid of, of like, oh, am I going to lose people? But you just gain this whole other like network of people that when you start bettering yourself, it's like you like don't want people that are like dragging you back. Like you naturally like want to gravitate to people that are like leveling you up and like bringing you up and to the place that you want to go. Reaching out and networking with like the sober community has been great. My husband's from New York City and then I'm from West Virginia. So we each have like our friend groups that like our solid friend groups that have like always remained stable. I have my two best friends in the world that like live back home. But I feel like socially for me, like what changed the most was, you know, my husband was drinking a lot because I was drinking a lot. Like it wasn't even that he wanted to drink a lot. It was just like, that's what we did. We would go out to like the local watering holes and play pool and, like buy shots for people that I'd never see again. Like what a waste yes. of money. You're like you're you're my new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> so once I quit, like I asked him to stay sober and like not drink around me for I feel like it was a it was at least six months to a year. Like mm-hmm. because I didn't want that trigger around me. But just naturally, like he just quit drinking like as much. Wow. Like, he's what he's a unicorn of a person where like he can have a drink and just a drink. He's like take it or leave it kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it directly affected my social life in that way because then we were able to go out and do things that socially that like we didn't do before. Yeah. Like we could go to like a concert and I could remember it. <laughs> oh my God. Sober concerts are the best. No, they're so good. And you like remember I paid twice to see Britney VIP twice and I was completely blackout. I oh, don't even oh, remember. No. I don't even remember. She has her. to come back so that you could do it again. I need a and redemption, I Brittany. Oh, <laughs> I know. We all need a Brittany redemption. Like we need a return. Even yes, yes. <laughs> that could be our like sober influencer trip. Have you been to Vegas sober? No. It's a trip. I bet it's like wild. You know, because you're watching, yeah. right? And you're watching and you know where somebody is. Like you're like, oh. Ugh. The people watching, just that alone would be yeah. like – I always – you guys, that's why I love Bravo. I love to watch – like <laughs> like watching like drunk people for me is like a very good reminder. Have you – but okay, do you like watching them on TV? But like do you get irritated by people whenever you're like in close proximity that like – I don't really put myself – in that situation a lot. Like I'm not staying out till like midnight at a party. Like if we go to a party, I'm leaving at like, like when Mm -hmm. I'm tired. That's the great thing about being sober is like, I know when I'm tired and I'm not just like, like, I'm like outgoing anywhere. Like I literally, (laughs) I (laughs) I'm like, when's the last time I was around a drunk person? I think that's why I like Bravo to be like, oh yeah, look at those. Like, look at them. Like you just see it. Especially like below deck, I feel like is like woof, or all the New York ladies. It's just like okay, the old. It's interesting yeah. how like some of them that are like because you know some of them have gotten into like really bad trouble, and then some of them are yes. sober now, and so that's like I feel like. 
that's the silver lining too, is like as much as there are like the Molly Sims and the Gabby unions that are pouring into this like falsehood for motherhood. It's like, there are so many celebrities now that are standing up to being like, you know what? I quit drinking and it completely changed my life for the better. And that's so cool. Yeah. Like you think about Drew Barrymore, Chrissy Mm -hmm. Teigen, Jessica Simpson, like her book was amazing. Yeah, for sure. It's on the rise guys. We're trendsetters over here. Well, Jenna's really a trendsetter (laughs) because she did it first. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So I just love this conversation. I feel like we could talk forever. I know. (laughs) We just, we for sure have to get together. Tell everybody where they can find you and follow you. If you can spell my name. (laughs) We'll we'll link everything in the show notes. (laughs) Um, So I'm on Instagram as like my main platform. So Jenna Delulio, but I'm on like all of them, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok scares me, man. Like I stay on the Instagram side. I know. Me too. I feel too old for TikTok. And then I really and then I sound like my like I sound like a boomer like but what I said I'm like oh man all the Gen Z's over there kind of scare me <laughs> it's like the wild wild west over yes, there. it is okay well everybody go follow Jenna she's just you're just like a breath of fresh air and I'm just I'm so glad we finally got to do this I know we are, we're listen sober conference is in the planning we are gonna we are gonna get this up and running Britney Spears oh we're God. coming Britney's for you coming. yes we will find you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.